Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 750. Identify your passion, what you love. By doing that, you'll make your vocation your advocation. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am a revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Harley Cluxton III. Hey, Harley, are you buckled up and ready for the fun ride? Ready to launch. All right, great. And I'll remind our listeners that I had Harley's son, Harley Cluxton IV, on the show a couple months ago, so you can go back and listen to his show after you've listened to Harley's show here and see how these two guys click together. Harley Cluston III is the founder of Grand Touring Cars in Phoenix, Arizona. Way back in 1972, Harley incorporated his business and became the youngest owner of a Ferrari-authorized dealer at the tender age of 26. Then in 1973, he was awarded the Lamborghini Importership for the Western United States, and in 1976, he purchased the Mirage Racing Team from Gulf Oil. And he went on to manufacture, develop, and race the Mirage at tracks around the world, including the 24-hour of Le Mans. The company went on to restore race-prepared and sell significantly important race cars with serious historical provenance. And through the years, his reputation grew and grew, and he expanded to consulting. And today, he and his team continue to provide discreet personal attention to his customers through sales, acquisitions, comprehensive restorations, and expert evaluations. Woo! That's a lot of stuff. So, Harley, I've told our listeners just a little about you. Would you take a brief moment before we get into the questions and tell us a little bit more about your career, your business, and, of course, that incredible passion you have for automobiles? Thank you, Mark. I've always wanted to be in cars, love cars, passion of cars, uh, mainly racing. And so when the opportunity arose, I jumped on it in, in the way of... Um, taking on a Ferrari dealership in Phoenix, Arizona. And from there, some life history. Uh, just <laughs> yeah, love the cars, love racing, and uh, continue to um, have a passion for everything that I do. Well, I know that about you. Your reputation is immense out there in the collector car market and the racing world and so forth. It's just incredible, and it's almost a... An impossible task when I asked you to briefly talk about yourself at the beginning here because there's just so much to cover. So we're going to touch on a lot of little things as we go through the questions here. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. This is some kind of saying that has some meaning for you in life, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Harley, take the wheel. Ah, uh, you have to remember, Mark, I'm a and your listeners, I'm, I'm a recovering lawyer, so um, <laughs> attorney, so I could throw out and spew out quotes and famous people. And I guess the best for me would be by Brian Wilson: "Be true to your school." Oh, cool! And in, in that, you know, uh, put a different way, uh, I guess you know, don't let life get in the way of your passion. Mm your beliefs uh, and happiness and what drives you. And don't get 
bog down, which is so easy to do, with and, and losing your vision and your your drive to stay with what your passion is. That makes sense to me. And I love the Brian Wilson quote, be true to your school. Great song. Takes us both back to our youth, I know. Great lyrics. You know, I mean, if you, if you listen to it, it's, you know, uh, it's great. Be true to your school. Well, let's go way back in time here. You've been a car guy forever, but I'd love for you to take us back in time to when you were young, perhaps that pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you indeed were going to be a car guy. Hmm. I would say probably when I was as young as 12 years old, and it came to me um, Culver Military Academy, where my parents had um, enrolled me because I, allegedly I had a case of terminal telephone-itis in the seventh grade. What is and that? wasn't focused. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's talking to girls too much, I think. Oh, okay. Um, and okay. so went to Culver, and it's... Um, I had a lot of time to think with no, you know, I was an eighth grader with uh, 650, I think it was, cadets, all male, Mm -hmm. and um, 120 black horses uh, and uh, no television. So I would read road and track and um, I'd read all the automotive stuff. That's when I really decided. (laughs) That was it for you. (laughs) Not horses, horsepower. It. <laughs> it was horsepower, baby. Yeah, well, horses were cool, too, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, very, faster. very cool, very interesting. Well, Harley, what I want to do now is take a look at the many, many roads you've driven down. You've been a businessman, entrepreneur pretty much your entire life here, so I would assume you've met with some challenges and even some great failures along the way. So take us to one of those, walk us through it, kind of take us to that painful point, but then tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career in your business, in your life? Um, again, it's, it's uh, tough to nail one down, but I would suspect, and it's probably a bit off track, but it was um, probably when I was 18 in um, university and college uh, and had a uh, knockdown drag out fight with my father in uh, over the telephone and he, at that point cut me off which was a uh, life changing experience mm-hmm. at least for the next 10 minutes as I almost crashed into a car um, but um, it was it was you know I guess you would say a real wake up call where I had to uh, fend on my own pay for college and um, that was emotionally very, very difficult to realize that I didn't have the crutch of my family. Um, I should say my, my father, but the financial crutch. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had to figure it out on myself. And I think that that was probably the worst and the best. Because from then on, I relied on myself. And it was... Either I was going to sink or swim, right? And I couldn't count on anybody else. And I was, you know, I was in school at college at Tulane University in New Orleans, and my parents were in Lake Forest, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was far enough away that there were no long tentacles left anymore that would uh, 
save me. Right. My goodness, I you know I appreciate you taking us to an incredibly personal time in your life, and I, I can only imagine for a young man, 18, to have a situation like that happen to him from not only the financial side, but the emotional side of, of some kind of a, a breakup there. But it sounds like to me, in a very challenging way, that was a good thing to happen to you. Maybe not the way it very happened, good. but a very good, yeah. No, no, it was, it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was profound, and I think it's profound for anybody, but it's just how you turn a bad situation, I believe, in my particular case, mm-hmm. into, you know, a good situation. I made, had to make a lot of mis- uh, decisions right away, and um, that was important. What would be a great takeaway lesson for those listeners out there that might be facing a similar situation right now? Now, whether it's a separation from a parent or separation from a job or the financially, the, the paycheck's not coming in anymore. What's a great takeaway that taught you to stand on your own and, and make things happen for yourself that you could share to a listener that might be experiencing this right now? Again, that was a different time in my life. I was 18. And so, um, and it would be, now, you know, in your 30s or 20s or 50s or whatever, uh, or where you are, and you have something catastrophic like that happen, not speaking of cancer or, you know, a medical problem, sure, sure. but more something that you can, that you can fix, Mark, you know, that is fixable, that you have the capacity to be able to fix it. Hmm. And so on that line, I, I would say that if you get fired from a job, it certainly isn't the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Depending on if you were at that job because you loved what you were doing or you are basically at that job, marking time, making money to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would say go for it and do what you want to do, what, where your passion is. Yeah. You know, passion, I think, starts with dreams when you're very, very young. And if it's cars, whatever it is, it should be your hobby now if you're 50 or your love. Go for that love, whatever it is. You try to make some money with it. Yeah, that too. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. Uh, with that or unethical with that. Yeah, try to make a living at it. That's important as well. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those business or career aha moments. Now, you you have had a lot of those because you've had moments to, hey, I think I'll be a Ferrari dealership and a Lamborghini dealership and I'll buy a racing team, Mirage. Oh my gosh, a historic name there. So take us to one of those aha moments and tell us how that worked for you. Again, back to my past growing up, my, my father was a very successful and brilliant endocrinologist, gland specialist. And uh, he said I could do basically anything I wanted in life as, as long as I, I didn't play football because he had broken, he had broken his back at Washington and Lee and um, never race cars or motorcycles because just are going around in concentric circles and above all else, never become a lawyer. So. Okay. Now hold on here, Harley. It sounds like to me, you did everything you were told not to do. Is that right? Yeah. And that's probably why I ended up, you know, being cut off at 18. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> um, I did, yeah. I did, I did, you know, 
a lot behind his back. But football, I played freshman football at Tulane, which was more of a clips of the sun because uh-huh. we were in the SEC at that point. Yeah. And so we had Alabama and LSU and stuff like that. But racing, I motorcycles with the help of my mom um, and stuff like that, I got into the uh, adrenaline of, of racing, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, cars, I saw in racing cars, it was just an extension of the passion that I had. But what I saw, and I guess it would probably be definitely in the 60s, that old racing cars, you could drive them on the street. <laughs> and at that point, they were a heck of a lot more fun um, And as, that grew, as, as I grew with that. But you're starting to a pivotal moment. Uh-huh. My original idea was, well, I'll just go out and buy some old racing cars. Didn't figure out exactly how I was going to buy them. But because they were so fun, you could drive them on the street. And they're a lot more fun than, than, than driving a regular car. Right. That, I stuck with that, Mark. Um, yeah, sounds, yeah, you definitely stuck with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. And so <laughs> fine-tuned it and fine-tuned it, and I proved to myself um, more than anything else that you could drive a racing car, specifically a Ferrari racing car, on the street, and you could use it all the time if you had to as a daily driver, which I did with a um, 275 GTB for a very famous one um, wow. that I put 5,000 miles on driving it because it was my only mode of transportation from <laughs> cool uh, yeah so yeah well that's a good aha moment yeah. <laughs> what it led to was that it was the experience of being able to drive a racing car with all the history with everything else and you could give that same experience or share that same experience with passion with other people to this day don't think that they could ever drive a car like that. Right. Whatever it is. And you can. And you, once you get those juices going, and um, I guess this is kind of like all about our drilling too, Mark. Um, I don't mean to be bouncing around, but um, it's, it's that, you know. Right. I understand. I understand. When I had your son on the show a couple months ago, he talked about the joy of being picked up from school in an old Ferrari Testarossa or some kind of old race car, and all the friends going, oh, my gosh, who are who is your dad? What the heck's going on here? So uh, very, very fun. Well, let's talk about a proudest career or business moment. You've made a lot of people happy, which I'm sure makes you feel very proud through the cars and acquisitions and ways you've helped people acquire things or find things or learn about things. But is there one that stands out that you could share with us, one proudest career or business moment? I guess uh, probably the most proud moment would be after taking over the Mirage team and being able to come back with our Mirages and uh, the 24 Hours of Lamar, you know, where I'd raced before as a driver and never finished and be able to come back and come in second overall again. It was a very, very proud moment for me for a lot of reasons, how I got there and just it was the help that I had from my mentor, John Wire and John Horsman and all of these people that said, 
I could do it. Yeah. And just do it, you know? Yeah. And I did. So that would be a very proud moment. <laughs> I think so. Holy cow. Wow. That's an awesome one. Well, let's go way, way back in time. You have had so many cool cars. So that's why I'm going to specify you sharing your first really special car. That first car that you got that was really exceptional to you. I have thought about that one. I would say it would have to be 1964 Jaguar XKE convertible, black with red. The reason it was special was my father had said, if you do really well at Culver, academically, and, and you don't smoke, and you don't drink, which Culver, Indiana at that point in the 60s was not a real place that you go out and drink anyway if you wanted to. Um, so that wasn't going to be a problem. The smoking was not a problem. He'd buy me any car that I wanted. And so as it came closer and closer, I just, I, I loved the Jaguar XK80. Uh-huh. And so begrudgingly, he um, bought this car. And it had been my love for uh, two years, three years. And I learned to drive. I'd driven before, and I knew a stick shift, but I really learned to drive with this car. Nice. And to learn all the idiosyncrasies of it but thinking that they weren't any idiosyncrasies. So I, I think my first car was the most special. Oh, yeah. Series 1, beautiful cars, black over red. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, that's an incentive not to smoke and drink and do well in school. That's for sure. Yeah. Very nice. So well, you that, want to hear yeah, go the ahead. great memory then? Yeah. Experience? Yes. Yeah. So we're living in Lake Forest. I'd come back, and so... Lake Forest, as you know, or maybe your listeners know, is um, a very upper-class neighborhood um, on the north shore of uh, Lake Michigan, Mm -hmm. suburb of Chicago. And um, so there's very wealthy. About 15 miles directly north of Lake Forest is uh, Great Lakes Naval Air Station, or Great Lakes, I should say Naval Air Station, uh, Naval Base, uh, which is the largest naval base in in the world. And um, it, it's where all young sailors go to go through boot camp and, and uh, as to, you know, begin their careers and wherever they're going to be. Uh-huh. They have a McDonald's. They had, and I think they still do, have a McDonald's restaurant that is was like... Because McDonald's started in Illinois and Chicago, I mean, this thing was a world bigger than any McDonald's we'd ever seen. And so, and the McDonald's was put on this, I guess you would say, um, a hill or a mound. It would be a hill in Illinois, but a mound in any other state. And <laughs> it had a circular road around it. And so... During the weekend, all of the sailors that were going, you know, were stationed at Great Lakes would have their hot rods, their Camaros and their, I wouldn't say hot rods. It would be more, you know, souped up Camaros like V28s and, uh, and, uh. Yeah, muscle cars. Mustang, muscle cars. Yeah. And I always thought 
this jag, I knew it wasn't very fast off the line, but it was really beautiful. And I knew that if I could get them going, you know, at least, you know, at 50, 60 miles an hour, we had enough roads that I could probably outpace them. <laughs> um, never got that chance, really, but it was sort of a dream. But we would go, uh, as a friend of mine, uh, uh, best friend, actually, would go, and um, we would drive up, and then we'd get out and get our milkshakes and stuff like that and just watch these guys go around. And one Saturday, I had my car parked, the, the Jag parked, and it was in front of a dumpster. But then there was, like, another dumpster was so big that there was another car parked to me, uh, next to me, and another one, and another one, and another one. And the guy directly next to, or adjacent to, to me had this silver Camaro Z28. And he had just pulled in, and this thing had lake pipes on it, and it was rumbling, rumbling, rumbling. And he was revving it up next to me. We went in, got our milkshakes, came back out, and he was still revving his car. So he turns it off, says, hey, you want to run? And I said, no, nah, I, you know, I don't, I really don't want to run. And it was, it would be a straight shot mark right onto uh, 176. And so long story short, he finally goes us into, goes me into it. So we both rev up, I rev up the, the Jag, and he's revving it, his and flying it out. And there's another sailor, his friend is doing the flagging. Mm-hmm. And so the flag drops, I have the frigging car in reverse. Uh-oh. And so he goes flying out. I hit the back of the dumpster. Oh, no. Um, yeah, and the milkshake go all over us, of all course. of the inside of the car, all over everything else. And uh. that, was, that was that was a, a moment that I shall never forget, um, <laughs> you know, as being, you know, again. Lesson learned. You can do something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I don't mean to laugh at you, but I guess now we can chuckle. No, do. I mean, I say you learn from stuff like that. Yeah. You know? yeah, I, I think you're much better off spilling a milkshake than heading off down a roadway racing it on city streets. Yeah, well, so. I did that too, but I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, very cool. Well, how about Sellers Remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that you really wish you had back? Yes, yeah, it would it, it would be that 275 GTBC, mm. not the monetary value um, because it's way up there, right. but more of what I did with the car, uh, the chassis numbers, um, your listeners that know Ferraris is 6885, which would be the Preston hand car now. I sold it to Preston, and so it's, it's this really special, uh, most experts call it, you know, 65, uh, 1965 GTO. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this thing was especially built by Ferrari in their workshop to beat the world champion, or I should say the Lamar winning Daytona Cobra mm-hmm. of 1964, which was um, Dan Gurney and, and Bob Bondurant's car. Yeah. And so Ferrari built this car, and um, it uh, went out in 1965 um, and almost won the 65 race. Um, he got him in third, uh, finally beating all the 
Daytona Coupes, mm-hmm. and just as a rocket ship, of course, it won, and then it was banned from ever racing again in FIA races. And this is the car that Mr. Panetti was nice enough to, um, I want to, I don't want to say let me have the, the right way of putting it, but it was basically that way. And, um, I, uh, drove that car and lived with that car. His name was Marcello for four years and put 5,000 miles on it along the way. I raced it two times, three times, um, and won with it but use it as daily transportation <laughs> because it was the only thing I could do. Wow. And the memories and the things that I did with it and what you could do with the car. And, and it was, it was, uh, life changing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Is that yellow? That car yellow? It is yellow. Yeah. I know the car. Yep. Yeah. Very, very nice. Wow. Yeah, very, Ooh. very sexy. Ah, damn, yeah. damn sexy, man. Yeah. That's an understatement. Man, wow, what a history. Well, you got to spend some time with her, and that's the most important thing. Well, I'd love for you to share what you're working on right now that it really has you fired up and excited this year. What are you guys doing there? Uh, what we're doing is, um, at this moment, coming close to a racing, uh, I should say, sneaking up to um, uh, a uh, racing opportunity. Can't really. I don't really want to share it with you at this point, but it, it's um, it's something that we've been working on. I've been working on for about the last four years. Wow! And it's coming to fruition, and um, should be very, very exciting. And uh, it will be an all-American team, and it'll be it'll be good. Uh, I think it'll be really, really good. Research has done research. Have a lot of experienced people. It'll be good. It'll be exciting um and uh loads of fun and keeps my interest going so well when you um, can let the cat out the bag give me a call i'll share what you're doing with my fans and listeners i I understand why but uh yeah i can't wait to hear more about it well here's a very introspective question for you harley if harley cluxton the third was a car what kind of car would he be boy you know what it would be i would be Probably uh, a racing car. <laughs> I kind of um, figured. That's, uh, yeah, that's um, an honest racing car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doesn't have any evil tendencies, predictable. That is very difficult to drive. Okay. Difficult in, in the sense of um, you have to have some experience. Any, any, uh, I can, Teases as to what kind of car that would be? Something really fast. (laughs) (laughs) Something really fast. You've opened the doors here now. You've got to let me in the garage before you shut the door. Okay, Okay. how about a sports racing car? I got rid of IndyCar. I got rid of uh, single-seater. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. You could go there. Any uh, any mark you might throw out at us? Hmm. So if I said Mirage, that'd be self-serving. Right. And if I said Ferrari, that would be kind of, I don't know. Pretentious, maybe? How about a mixture, you know? (laughs) Okay, I like that. Yeah. 
You know, well, I, you can go there because the guy that, that gave me the idea for this question did the exact same thing. He was part British, part American. So, yeah, he could be kind of Mirage, Ferrari, sports uh, racer. He, he, did he come up with a, like a supercharged um, Crosley or something? <laughs> no. He, it was Harold Cleworth. He's an artist. And he, oh, said, yeah. he said the front of him would be an... Uh, uh, I think it was either a Morgan or an Austin Healy, and the back would be a Cadillac Bia Ritz, which paints a very ugly picture. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it is. <laughs> but <laughs> but he's a funny guy, and he made you know he's a Brit that came over here and made his money painting American cars. His first big artwork was a Cadillac Bia Ritz. So we could mix a Golf right. with a Ferrari. I think that'd be a nicer mix, though. I think they go together better. Cool. Very nice. I love it. Well, Harley, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts? Around the globe, I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Harley, we are back and we're entering the last lap. You know what that means. You've been on many tracks. The white flag is out. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Listen to your heart. Mm, There's that passion thing again. Yes, most definitely. Now, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Uh, honesty, integrity. Mm, very important for a guy who's buying and selling cars, especially selling cars. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you found really helpful? 
don't like to rely on one resource, but uh, history, I guess you would say. And that history would be if it's for Ferraris, you know, look up, not the books are all be all end all, but know what you're talking about. Yeah. Study history. So I, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot easier to do these days with all the lo- online presence out there, but uh, also I'm sure the many people that you've come up against over the years. Now, here's an interesting one. If you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Harry Miller. Oh, that's a new name on my list. Because he did everything. He was a pioneer in, I mean, it was Miller carburetors, Eduardo Weber. Yeah. Copied for the downdrafts. It was the Miller, you know, the front end Miller, front drive Miller. Right. Um, that was revolutionary. I mean, Cord had it, E.L. Cord had it, but Miller's the one that really did it. Of course, he had the people, you know, he had Offenhauser working for him as an engine shop, and the motors were works of art, and they were uh, just groundbreaking to the point that Bugatti copied them. And, yeah. and he was just, he was an unbelievable engineer. But he was also a leader. His business functioned on being able to find um, individuals that would buy his racing cars. So his racing cars had to be good. Right. And so the innovation continued and continued. Nice, nice. I had the incredible luxury of spending a day with a Miller race car from the 20s, photographing it. And, oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable, isn't it? The simplicity, the complexity, the beauty in the simplicity was mind-boggling. So, I, yeah, I understand. that Great great person to spend a day having a drink with. Now, about a book. Is there a book you've read that you'd like to recommend to the Cars Yow listeners? I do. The Mudge Pound Pond Express by Sam Posey. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Sam's a great guy. Ah, uh, yeah. That's really, really good. Yeah. Really yeah. good. You know what? And you're the first one to recommend that book, which is really surprising to me. Yeah, I'd love to have Sam as a guest on the show. He's just a, a icon in the industry for sure. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these great resources at carsyad.com slash Harley Cluxton the third. Make sure you put the third in there because the fourth has already been on the show. Otherwise, you'll end up in Harley's son's show notes page. But I'll link all these resources on his page, including that great book by Sam Posey on the Cars Yow website. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Harley, in this last question can be a doozy. If you could have only one, I'm sorry, I'm going to say one, very cool collector car in your garage, but money's no object today. I'm going to buy you whatever you like. So you don't have to worry about that, but you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. You're going to have to keep it and drive it, which is not a problem for you. What would that car be and why? You know, I think I'm going to pull a recovering lawyer on that. <laughs> you know, I just, uh, I would say, you know, answer you know, a question with a question, um, but it would be the one I have not owned. Oh, okay. And what is that? I'm going to hold you to this now. I can't let you get away with not answering this question. You're my, you're, you're a milestone guest here, Harley. You're my 750th guest, and everyone has answered uh, this question. I don't want to let you down, then. No, you can't uh, yeah, let me no, down. I, I'll cry. I know. <laughs> I got my fingers crossed, though. Okay, so, I, you know, it would be a car, and I don't know that car, um, but it would be a car that you could race, drive on the street um, that would have 
all of the amenities that you would want, but you could turn them off. And it would be a car that would be, and I, I don't know what a pocket would be, and in other words, you know, what year it would be, but it would have to be a uh, stick shift, and um, it would have to have at least 12 cylinders. Okay. So I don't, I really don't know. Well, let's let's go this direction with this thing because if I let you get away with this, I'm going to get a lot of phone calls from a lot of people. So, <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. I'm dealing with a lawyer, and I'm going to lose. I can tell you right now. Is uh, we're just talking about we're today. covering. We're covering. I forgot to add that caveat. So yeah. we're just going to talk about today. You might change your mind tomorrow, but it sounds like to me we're talking about a Ferrari. Sounds like to me we're talking about an old Ferrari, not unlike the car that you had and put four, five thousand miles on, except for the turn off the parts. But you could do that, I guess, with your own stuff. So could could we at least drive it, excuse the pun, into that direction that we're talking about an old 12-cylinder Ferrari from the 50s or 60s? Yeah, I'm... You know, your son said you're going to be a pill. And now I know why, he's, why he said that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, it would be, I guess it would be an... A 12-cylinder F40. Oh, okay. And it could be twin-turbocharged. You know, um, I had uh, a 917-30 Mark Donahue's car. Um, uh-huh. Not that kind of horsepower, but something you could drive on the street. So that probably <laughs> still confuses you. But it, the, the, the F40 was, yeah. to me, the best of the best. But it was um, you know, needed a 12-cylinder. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that today. I'll let you get away with that one just because. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> You're Thank welcome. You. Well, Harley, as I thought, you've taken me on an awesome ride around the track today. I've really enjoyed talking with you, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off down the road in that 12-cylinder Ferrari F40 twin-turbocharged car you can drive on the street or turn something off, but it's a manual? What's your word of advice for us? <laughs> Identify your passion, what you love. By doing that, you'll make your vocation your advocation. There you go. That's what Cars Yeah is all about. Words of wisdom from a guy who's been there, done that, most definitely. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with what you're doing these days? Yeah, like the website. Exactly. And well, Interviews like this. Well, that's what happens when you're an icon in the industry and you've been out there for 50 plus years doing this. So, uh, most definitely. Well, again, listeners, I'll remind you, you can learn everything you want to learn about Harley on the Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go there. I'll put a link to his website. Check out what this guy's doing. Check out what he's done. Anybody in the industry knows who he is. And uh, of course, if you want to hear a little bit more, you can listen to Harley Cluxton the fourth, his son's show here on Cars Yeah. Harley. Thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your life's experiences on the road and on the track with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark, and thank uh, your listeners for uh, tuning in to you, and hopefully uh, it, was a, it was a good thing. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the questions, too. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Most definitely, this has been a joy. Take care. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. 
They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!